Here to say the most famous words in motorsports from the upcoming Netflix film, The Outlaws, actor and comedian, Adam Devine. Drivers, start your engine! All right, and welcome into the Upspeed Podcast. Tyler Head, Dalton Molinex. With you as always, took kind of ish a week off like the NASCAR schedule as uh, both of our schedules were a little bit busy over the past couple of days, but we're back and ready to go getting uh, set for Nashville this upcoming weekend. Do need to talk a little bit about what happened at Sonoma last weekend, even though not a lot happened at Sonoma last weekend, for being honest. Martin Shrex Jr. won, had a pretty dominant car. Um, you know, you had uh um Denny Hamill leads some early laps ends up getting to the wall late in the race Kyle Busch like he looked like he was going to be a factor but all things considered this was a pretty dull road course race at the end of the day that doesn't have much memorable to take away from it <laughs> I'll tell you this the one thing that um I really thought of watching it was dang I wish we had these stage cautions you know, that's something that I've kind of debated back and forth a little bit because in essence, taking away the stage cautions allows for the natural strategy to happen, which is something that we talked about for years about we wanted to have back because the stage cautions took those away where, you know, if you wanted to win the race, basically you had to pit two laps before the stage caution came out and you could not for stage points if you wanted to win the race. Um and there's a little bit of that decision-making still being done now, not to the same degree, but, you know, we, we had what, two cautions in the race. You had the uh, Denny Hamlin wreck and then you had the piece of debris or not debris. It was the tire on pit road earlier on the race. So we still had the same amount of cautions as if stages would have been there, just not necessarily in those same places. And it was still like even a lap or two after restart, things got pretty strung out. Like, I don't even know, if stage cautions would have made that much of a difference in this one. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we won't, obviously we won't know, but um, you know, it's just one of those, it's just a boring road course race. And, and that for me, that's the end of it. I mean, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good race. I mean, yeah. Martin Truex Jr. Covered the field. Kyle Busch made it interesting there at the end, but outside of that, like you said, I don't think memorable was, you know, me kind of wishing for the stage cautions and guys hitting the tires and moving them. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you have a pretty solid Xfinity race the day before that, Eric, I'm a roll of one, you kind of see where the next gen car is just too good at road courses, which we knew that coming in that the style and design of it was very similar to like a V8 supercar and took a lot of things from IMSA, you know, with bigger brakes and the wider tires and all that kind of stuff where we knew it was going to run better on road courses. I don't think we were expecting it to produce dull racing though. I think that kind of told us, Oh, these guys are going to be able to do all this crazy stuff and go even harder and stuff like that. Um, I think what we've learned over the past year and a half is that the charm of road course racing in NASCAR was they were doing it in cars not designed for road courses. And look, right. you know, look at the Xfinity cars, look at what the trucks do when they run on road courses. You have these big, heavy stock cars with really tiny brakes that you end up burning up 
early on in the race if you're not careful and they're slamming into each other and sliding all around the place and wheel hopping wheel hopping is something that the next gen car is almost completely eliminated because again it's so efficient on road courses where we used to see guys blown through corners and overdriving corners and wrecking and all that kind of stuff because they were wheel hopping these cup cars don't really do that anymore and that has taken such an element out of road course racing that yes the best guys on road courses are still running well. Martin Trex Jr., um, obviously Tyler Reddick, Chase Elliott, all those guys still run well at road courses, but we don't have the chaos that we used to have, which outside of, you know, Coda earlier this year, all the road course races with an extra car have been pretty, eh, you know, decent to bleh. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, I mean, I feel like every week we talk about the car, the car, the car, the car, and at, at the end of the, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, that that's part of the frustration right now is, you know, we have a next gen car that just is not producing really good racing on anything outside a mile and a half, you know, and that's just that's the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate um, what the next road course will be, be the Chicago street course here in a couple of weeks. I have almost relapsed that from my memory, thankfully. But um, yeah, we'll see how it does on the street course. I don't expect it to do much better. I don't have high hopes for that race, as you and I have talked about quite a bit, but we're doing it at least for this year. We'll see what happens. Um, and then Watkins Glen, Indy Road Course, and then the Roval. And that's all the road courses we have, at least in the Cup Series for the rest of the year. So still a few more races to go and you hope it gets better. You don't have much optimism that's going to at this point. Unfortunately not. Um, and, you know, you look at like what the Garage 56 thing out at Lamar the other weekend and, you know, that that seemed to go well. But and I, I, I even tweeted at Josh Hamilton, who's one of the NASCAR engineers that was working on that project, asking him, like, hey, is there stuff we can take away from this to apply to the cup car? And the way he made it sound, not really. It was really more about the engineering and the research that went into doing something like that, not quite like hey, let's take this element off this car, the splinter, spoiler, dive wings, whatever it may be, and put it on the cup car. Like that doesn't really seem like the direction that they were trying to go with this, which is unfortunate because it looked like the Garage 56 car handled pretty well out there at Le Mans. Had a lot of power, you know, was able to race well around all the other classifications of cars. Like, is that the answer on road courses? I don't know, but something that could be looked into, I guess. Biggest thing that'll fix it all is more horsepower. And whether or not we ever get that in this car is going to be a just a huge question mark. And, you know, at, at some point in time, you got to figure out you know, how much are you willing to pay to have good racing? Yeah. And um, again, I feel like NASCAR is well aware that that would alleviate. It's not going to fix everything, but it would alleviate right. a decent amount of the issues that we're dealing with with the next gen car at these certain tracks, um, but all boils down to the manufacturers. And and I understand that the way the car market is going now, that internal combustion V8 engines that produce 900 horsepower aren't what they're really selling these days. So they don't have the incentive to want to invest in that from a racing standpoint as much as they used to in the past. Um, I think our only hope on the horizon is this form of electrification with the new engine, whenever that comes down the road, you know, the hybrid technology, adding more horsepower. And I'm not going to pretend to understand how all that works, but the way I, from what I've read and what I understand of the engines, that's kind of our only hope for adding more somewhere down the line. Yeah. 
So that'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's really all you can take away from what happened at Sonoma. I mentioned Eric Amarola winning the Xfinity race there the other weekend. That was really cool. Um, you know, Amarola is somebody that should have been retired at this point, decided to come back for another year. And uh, I can tell you, he wasn't in my top five picks to win that race, despite him being a cup guy. He's just not somebody that when he dips down in the lowest lower series outside of like running a super speedway is really much of a factor, but um, really cool to see him, you know, get a win and get the first ever win for RSS racing, a team that's been around in Xfinity for a very, very long time. And yes, it was a Stuart Haas prepared car. He's basically driving, you know, like Riley Hurst backup or whatever. Um, but it's still cool to, to see like a, an un not as common cup guy find his way to victory lane in the Xfinity series. Yeah. Well, and you could see the thing that's cool too, like with a guy like him that, you know, he's been a cup veteran for several years. He doesn't win a ton. You know, we know that, but right. you know, just still means to win even the, in the Xfinity series. I think that's pretty cool. Right. Jump into the news a little bit. Um, news that came out a little bit earlier today that's been speculated on for a couple weeks. Josh Berry taking over the number four car for Kevin Harvick next year. And this is something that's uh, really gained a lot of steam here in these past couple weeks and months after seeing what Josh Berry was able to do in his fill-in roles at Hendrick Motorsports driving the nine and the 48 while uh, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman were out for their extended periods of time and has did really well. Obviously got that second place finish at Richmond, which that was, you know, strategy played a part in that, but still he was able to hold on and get a good finish. But you know, for the most part, he took care of the equipment, um, had solid runs, you know, was anywhere between 10th to 15th most weekends and, uh, you know, really showed his ability to step up and perform well when, uh, you know, he was called on that opportunity. And I think that uh, really sealed the deal for him to get this four car. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in it. Yeah. And obviously he'll be paired with, with Rodney Childers. And I just think that's a great pairing. Um, you know, the thing too, with, with Josh is, you know, he's not some 19-year-old kid that's being thrown into the Cup Series because daddy's got money. Right. He's he's raced everything under the sun. He's he's had success in the Infinity Series, you know, a little bit of success this year in the Cup Series. He, he, I think he's a great replacement for Kevin Harvick. You know, Stuart Haas Racing has struggled, and sure. they've been doing it over the past several years. But, you know, he's a guy you can build around. Yeah. And, and I think you know, going forward, he's, I mean, along with Chase Briscoe, you know, going to be your, your two guys you build around. I mean, who knows what happens with um, Eric Almirola at the end of this year? You know, we don't know. Uh, Ryan Priest, question mark too, I guess. I don't know his contract status, but um, there's going to be some, some interesting moves that Stuart Haas race and makes, you know, not only today, but, but in the next, you know, several months. Yeah. And, you hope that they can figure things out on track because you mentioned Chase Briscoe. How many races have we seen him this year where he's running like 30th and then yeah. that massive penalty a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, man, if you're cheating, at least be running in the top 10 or something like that. So a lot of things to figure out for Stuart Haas racing and, you know, Kevin Harvick, he's just such a veteran is so much knowledge and skill in the cup series. He's massively outperforming that equipment on a weekend week out basis. And, you know, m my concern for Josh going to the four cars, if Stuart Haas does not improve as a whole, that he may be back to running 25th to 30th with some of these teammates, um, just because he doesn't have the cup experience that Kevin Harvick has. So the hope would be that Stuart Haas racing can figure things out um, as the year goes along and 
set him up well for 2024. Yeah, and I thought it was cool um, today at the announcement that Dale Jr. was there. Obviously, yeah. Josh Rutter Sports now has for several years at this point. Um, I didn't realize how many guys had been at Junior Motorsports that are now in cup rides. You know, it's it's a pretty impressive list when you start to think about it. But, you know, the, the most recent one of those guys is Noah Gregson. And you yep. look at where he runs on a week-in, week-out basis. Yep. It's bad. And I think that I think Stuart Haas is in a better position right now than Legacy Motor Club. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. You, you know, you go from a chance to win each and every week in the Xfinity Series to, you know, struggling to stay on the lead lap most of the time finishing at least one lap down, you know, um, just it, it'd be interesting to see that transition to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but again, like you said, excited for Josh and he's somebody that has definitely paid his dues and earned his opportunity here. And, you know, I think back to just a handful of years ago when he got those handful of races to drive the eight car for junior motorsports, like he wasn't really thought of as somebody like, Hey, this could be a full-time guy in the Xfinity series wins that race at Martinsville ends up filling in for, um, you know, Mike Lynette at the end of the season wins some races then too, and really established himself like, Hey, we need to get this guy full-time ride gone won a couple more races since then as a week as a contender on a weekend week out basis in the eight car in the Xfinity series. And, uh, you know, he talked about wanting to get to cup series one day. And like you said, now at the age of 33, that's not a typical rookie age, but he's finally getting that opportunity. And I do wonder if that will kind of, you know, shift the way people look at or the way teams look at who their next guy should be because we've all kind of become inclined to go okay well you know by the time somebody's 20 23 years old they need to be a rookie in the cup series and if not they're going to be stuck in the xfinity series forever you know i think we all kind of look at john hunter nemechek like guy's been around for a while you know he's waiting in the wings for a you know a truex or somebody to retire and he's going to slide back in there and you know to go in the cup series um but if you know Josh Berry can can show that hey taking somebody a little bit more seasoned with a lot more skill and a lot more races under their belt might pay off for you in the long run and yeah is Josh Berry going to be racing the four car for the next 20 years probably not but could he realistically give you a solid eight to ten years absolutely well I, I think too I'm glad you said that because I I, I thought I was list I, I watched it let me rephrase let me step back for a second i was why following the press announcement whatever press yeah. conference while i was at work so i just i was following along on twitter but i went back and watched it on my way home tonight and like i loved what tony stewart said you know about how you know we've got to get back to giving rides to guys that deserve it rather than somebody coming in here with a check and I th and I don't know, I don't know if I'm reading into this too much, but like one of the things that we've really talked about over the past couple of years, and I think you've seen it across NASCAR is the health of the sport. Yeah. I mean, five years ago, you'd been like, I don't know if we'll ever get, you know, I don't, this, things aren't good right now. Sure. I feel like the upward trajectory of NASCAR is just, I don't want to say limitless, but I, I, I'm so optimistic about what the future holds with this sure. sport. And, you know, I, I wonder if that's part of that optimism optimism that Tony Stewart shares as well, because he was basically like, look, he's the best driver available that's ready for being in this car. Yeah. We'll figure out sponsorship later. Right. You know, and, it, and I, it, just, it was nice to hear. I mean, it really was. I mean, because, look, there's some talented guys that bring money to the table, 
But there are some untalented guys that bring money to the table too, that get really good rides. And, and hopefully we can get back to that kind of blue collar, you know, work your butt off to get where you deserve to be. You know what uh, that comment told me? Riley Herbst isn't in an SHR car anytime soon in the cup series. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reading, if you're reading between the lines right there. That uh, I wonder, I wonder, I, I'm, he may have been at the press conference. I don't know, but I wonder how he felt about that comment. Probably not good. It seemed, I mean, it felt very pointed to several drivers. Definitely. Um, which, I mean, for being serious, he's one of the main reasons their Xfinity program is still around, for being honest. Yep. So he, he has a purpose there, and it is to bring a lot of money. And, you know, Cole Custer will be the one winning races, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, elsewhere with the news, and you mentioned Noah Gregson uh, just a minute ago. Obviously, we know he had the nasty wreck at Gateway a couple weeks ago, did end up sitting out at Sonoma. Grant, Infing Grant Infinger filled in for him, but Gregson is cleared to return this weekend at Nashville. And, you know, again, it was just kind of one of those reminders that we're still working to get this next-gen car where we want it as far as safety goes. And, you know, I think we I think we all kind of knew just watching Noah Gregson get interviewed after that wreck that he was not in the right headspace. And now every time we see one of those nasty wrecks at a super speedway or – and Gateway's not even a high-speed racetrack, like any kind of hard hit. We're going to be wondering, asking those questions like, man, is that guy going to be okay to race next week? Yeah. And, it, I mean, it sucks, obviously, you know, but kudos to Noah for taking his health serious. I mean, he could have acted like, a, oh, I, I feel fine. Yeah, I'm good, you know, but but good for him, knowing that he had the extra week to get better as well. Sure. Um, you know, favor from NASCAR, obviously, and – he's going to need to win to get into the playoffs and maybe he does, you sure. know, but, um, and it, it's tough, like seeing these guys wreck. And the first thing you think is, dang, I hope he didn't get a concussion, you know I mean? But it's part of it. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, this sport's dangerous. It's, it's not meant to be for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the ever uh, evolving nature of this next gen car that, you know, obviously focusing on the improvements to make the racing itself better, but also trying to get us back to a safety point of where we were with the car of tomorrow and the next gen car or not the next gen car, the gen six car. Where we became just so used to mm. having the safest race car ever where, you know, a, a Ryan Newman wreck at Daytona is such an anomaly and scares everybody because that stuff just doesn't happen anymore. And, you know, now we're dealing with a handful of guys that have had concussions over the past year and a half just in the next gen car era alone that you know you hope gets better um what that timeline is i don't know um but something that's continued to have to be a work in progress right uh briefly on improvements with the next gen car though and i saw this earlier they talked about it on the nascar and nbc podcast um looking into some new splitter type of stuff apparently there's a test coming up at New Hampshire and, uh, you know, potentially some more tests later on in the season as uh, potential implements for like the short track and road course stuff. What specifics that helps? I don't know. I imagine something with the downforce on the front of the car, which we know is an issue with these, at these shorter tracks and stuff. I mean, cause I feel like you've done everything you can with the pieces that you have right now. You've pretty much taken off almost the whole diffuser on the back. You've shrunk the spoiler down as far as you can. Yeah, may as well address the splitter, I guess. It, it look, it can't hurt it. Well, I say that, and it probably could, but but my thing, I mean, you you got to try something. Yeah, 
it's one of those things that because you know they, they had the offseason testing at phoenix and stuff like that and you heard a lot of optimistic things from the drivers like yeah we feel better about this and i think it's going to allow us to do this and again we've we've seen it be a little bit better at shorter tracks but not like marginally better where it's like wow huge difference over last year so it's gonna be one of those things when we finally see the improvements we'll just have to believe in when it finally happens on track right which is unfortunate but it's where we are mm -hmm. uh, this is topic's gonna be a really fun for you jordan bianchi last week uh on the athletic reporting that it does not seem like bristol dirt will be returning in 2024 I say the only caveat is that means we're probably only getting one Bristol concrete race, that being the night race. Um, as we know, the Bristol spring race had struggled with attendance and stuff for the past handful of years. And that's a one of the big reasons why they pushed to do something drastically different. But I think, you know, and again, I, I'm I'm very open-minded. I gave it a chance and was I didn't hate it outright, but I definitely feel like after three years it's run its course. It's like, okay, we've kind of done all we can do with this i don't i don't think it's going to get more popular or get much better past this i think it's time to move on to the next thing i agree you know it's clearly i was never a fan of it um i would still be bummed if they didn't run it twice a year sure uh just because even with the short track struggles struggles we have now i still think it's the best course you know that we got best track we go to every year um but, you know, it's it's one of those that, again, you tried it. It worked for a year, you know, two maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I thought this year was a dud. Yeah. You know, more than others. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, what's interesting, too, is in that article they talked about, you know, depending on whether or not we figure out road courses, whether we figure out short tracks, you know, that you, you're – and I'll applaud NASCAR for this. They've been very dynamic with their schedule. You know, they're not sure. locking it. You know, we're going to Bristol for the next 100 years, no matter what. Yeah. And you know, all good news and bad news, because the good news is, is that it sounds like next year also, we could potentially go back to the Oval at Indy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's huge. Um, and maybe, maybe bring some of the road courses off of the schedule. Um I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll probably be another couple months or so before we get the schedule finalized for next year. And right. um, like you said, we've got after this weekend at Nashville, we've got Chicago street course. Maybe that's an Uber success. And, you know, they want to go, you know, race in downtown New York city or something crazy like that. You know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, NASCAR is in a good spot and they, they really allow themselves to kind of do all these different things with the schedule. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this, and, you know, we're probably not going to get the full 24 schedule for another month or so. I know they're saying like maybe August or September at the latest of uh, what this does open up the possibility for. Again, we know the best product right now is on these mile and a halfs. Why not? If you're if you have to take a date from Bristol and only give it one race, give Charlotte Oval a race. In right. the middle of the summer or something like that. We obviously know that's the best racing product right now. We saw a good Coke 600 a couple of weeks ago. Like, why not add another one of those to the schedule? Which it's so weird talking about that because for years and years, we're like, got to get back to short tracks. Got to get away from these type of tracks that are not as good. Now it's complete 180. It's like, well, we got to drop Bristol dirt or we may as well go back to Charlotte again. You know what I mean? Like you got to adapt to what this car is giving you. And I feel like NASCAR is trying to do that i can understand why you didn't want to 
have a knee-jerk reaction to the first year and make the 2023 schedule all mile and a half, something like that. Now that we've had a year and a half sample size, I think it's okay to say, okay, this is probably the direction we need to go for right now while we're still trying to figure out the short track stuff. Right. So right. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. We obviously know if Bristol Dirt doesn't return and they have to give that date somewhere else, it's going to be an SMI track. It's not going to go to Homestead or Darlington or something like that. It's going to be within the SI, SMI family, which that's a finite amount of tracks. So you can kind of use deductive reasoning to figure out which ones might be able to get another race. Right. Heck, so, bring back Kentucky at this point. Chicago land. I don't care. Yeah. When you, once you move all those Amazon trucks out of there. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Um, now on to Nashville this weekend. Triple header trucks on Friday. XVD on Saturday. Cup series on Sunday. Nashville's kind of, it's not quite a mile and a half, but it has the characteristics of it. It's like 1.3 miles. So it kind of races similarly. Um, now we had like a lot of weather come through last year. So I don't think we got as good of a Nashville race as maybe we could have gotten. So I'm very excited to see what happens this weekend. It is a Sunday night race though, which is going to be weird, which is something we're going to have to get used to because like the Atlanta race in a couple weeks is also Sunday night. It's the new thing. If we're going to run night race, it's got to have them on Sunday. Um, but I'm interested to see what Nashville under the lights is going to be like for the cup series. I'm hope I, I'm, I hope that it's some really good racing. Yeah. And you know, we'll see what happens, but. Um, with that, we'll make our picks. Uh, I believe you're still leading, correct? No, you took the lead back. You picked Truex. Oh, dang it. I did pick Truex. It's been you're up, since we've done you're this. Nine, yeah, you're up nine to seven. Okay, still close. Still close. We're, we're, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come down to the end, I feel like. Um, so I'll kick us off with the trucks. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with Corey Heim. Corey Heim. Okay. Pretty solid pick there. So I'll roll with. Uh, I'm going to roll with the momentum. Grand Infinger already got a win earlier this season. Running pretty well as a blade. I'll uh, go with Grand Infinger. Coming off of his cup debut. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I thought that he had been in a cup car before, but I guess because so he... he attempted to qualify at Homestead in 2011, but did not make the show. Mm. So that was his only prior experience in a cup car. Gotcha. Uh, Xfinity Series on Saturday. Justin Allgaier won this race uh, one year ago. I think it's going to be a guy coming down from the Cup Series in Ty Gibbs. Okay. Going nice. to be in great equipment, and he runs well. And plus, he's one of those guys that I think needs to, you know, like Kyle Busch said, needs to figure out how to win again. It's been a yeah. minute. You know, it's been a minute. Well, it looked like he was going to win at Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, the you know, fuel mileage and stuff ended up playing in the hands of Justin Allgaier. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of Justin Allgaier and – I mean, he's the man of the hour. Why not go ahead and pick jo uh, Josh Berry to finally get back to victory lane this weekend? Yep. Um, and the Cup Series on Sunday, Chase Elliott, again, won a very rain stop and start race one year ago under lights this weekend. Chase Elliott is somebody that desperately needs a win right now. Um, does Chase go back to back? I don't think so. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but. I'm going to go with one of the hottest drivers in the sport right now, Kyle Busch. Okay. Um, I agree with that. Kyle Busch uh, looking very good right now, coming off the win at Gateway just a, a couple weeks ago. I've been very, very impressed with what I've seen out of the Toyotas as of late. Um, Denny Hamlin obviously winning at Kansas. Toyota showed a lot of muscle at uh, the Coke 600 as well. Obviously, Trex Jr. coming off the win here at Sonoma. I'm going to stick in the Toyota camp. I'm going to go with Christopher Bell to get his second win of the year. Yeah. 
very possible. Like you said, they've been really running well. And uh, the most exciting part about this weekend, NBC is back. Oh, I heard the music and I was so excited. I well, we get a full hour of practice on Friday. Like it's gonna it's gonna be a good weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. So we'll see what happens in Nashville this weekend, and then uh, we'll turn our sights to whatever Chicago looks like. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for listening to the Upspeed Podcast for Dalton Mullinax. I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.